haunting has gotten over the years from basic store-bought props to being almost professional. Everybody's heard of like Halloween Horror Nights or Not Scary Farm, whatever. You just say it's like that, but like somebody has taken some of that and put that at their house. They built it in their driveway. They built it around the side of their house. It's really the whole next level of creating a pro experience, really. You feel like you're in a castle or as best as I possibly could in my front yard in Santa Clarita, California. It's somebody who does a haunt out of their home, and they do it just simply for the love of doing it. They don't make any money from it. They don't, you know, we just simply do it for the love of it. These are like passionate art installations that are almost replacing trick-or-treating. I think oftentimes if we can just inspire one person that's going to come through here someday that's going to say, that was the coolest thing ever. When I get a house of my own, I'm going to do that. have a special guest on the show uh this evening i'm with josh quillen 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 like a quill like a pen so close josh quillen i know uh you are the creator of uh the epic hum haunt doc i am uh well one of i mean my wife and i my wife deserves a a fair amount of credit okay (laughs) for it (laughs) i don't deserve all the credit there we go (laughs) yeah it was more of a joint effort i mean it's it was literally i i say it was it's it's us right so it's one of those things where like if she wasn't there it wouldn't have happened kind of thing like she you know was was the assistant camera person she was there taking notes during all the interviews she was transcribing interviews she you know all that stuff so it's 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 really a joint a a pretty joint effort that's really awesome how did you guys uh how did you guys kind of fall into this thing uh like did you have documentaries before this or was this kind of like your first real jump big jump into it uh this is the first full feature um we've done a bunch of really terrible short films <clears throat> in the past um, i was watching some and... of those beforehand <laughs> not saying they're terrible yeah. no they're bad uh so we were watching a bunch of really really bad uh we we're doing really 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 bad short films and then working in like the corporate space so we ran a studio in la for a while doing like corporate videos and event videos and <clears throat> um things like that and then we did the the short films and from there we kind of stumbled into the the world of, of Halloween haunts. And then I learned a lot about documentary filmmaking from working at GoPro, um, okay. making a lot of their short films. And, and that was, that was where I learned how to interview. That's where I learned, um, 
just a lot about documentary filmmaking because mm-hmm. everything that they do on their channel is documentary filmmaking. And so we were pumping out, you know, a video every 10 days or so. Uh-huh. So it was one of those, like you just had to keep making content really, really fast and you just learned a lot real quick. Yeah. And you might as well keep using this, these talents that you've learned, you know? Yeah. You, you might as well, yeah. especially to help out a community that like really needs, you know, some form of positive, something out there in the world <laughs> for sure for sure yeah i was just ask you all right would you do you consider yourself a home haunter or was it something that you kind of were passionate about earlier on uh when i was a kid i used to build i used to build haunts but i mean they were like you know your classic just open the garage and like staple black trash bags to the walls and right. then consider that a haunt um <laughs> or you know like i remember i think the first haunt i ever did was god how old was i it was maybe like 10 it's nine or ten, and I took my room, and I remember I lit it all blacklight. I made a little maze. I had like the case for my my saxophone. I had taken that out and made it a coffin and rigged up to wiring. So if you like pulled a lever, it would open up. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Right when I was like real little, and I like forced my parents to go through. Did you have a soundtrack uh, or any kind of music playing while you did it? There, there was. I don't remember what it would yeah. what it would have been. I God, I can only imagine what would that have been. Probably like. Halloween CD number three, right? The orange you know, the and black, one that, yeah. Right, exactly. The <laughs> one you would play because you got it from Walmart and you'd play it every Halloween, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of the trick or treaters. <clears throat> but we would do that, and then we, you know, we'd moved and we, we would do a little bit more. And we slowly graduated to like, you know, we got a, a fog machine and a strobe light, and you know, I would actually be, you know, putting actual masks on and, and that kind of stuff. And then I don't know what happened. I think we just got super busy or what but we stopped doing it my parents still go a little all out for halloween but we never really got never got as big as what's in the film never never even close for sure the the people that are in that are pretty like unique like they really have like a dedication for this stuff it's pretty insane i mean i never imagined that what they're building people are are creating at their houses i mean no no thought in my mind of a crust no crust Words are hard. Yeah. No thought of across <laughs> my mind. There we go. That people were actually doing what they're doing. Uh-huh. And when we met Chris and Gina from Hollywood Haunter and saw what they were doing, mm-hmm. it was one of those like, wow, you know, these two people are crazy and they go all out for Halloween and this is insane. And then we very quickly learned, no, there's a lot of people who do this. It's not just, you know, Chris and Gina from Hollywood Haunter who are doing it. There's an entire community. Yeah. And then that, you know, you just pull on that string and it just starts to unravel and uh-huh. it rolled into, you know, six, six years, I think. Are we had six years. What year is it? 2019. Yeah. yeah, roughly six years uh, till now. That's crazy. Uh-huh. And I know like there's been yeah. a few Haunter documentaries that have come out. But if you if you're saying you've done this for six years, you guys were on the on the beginning of this forefront. They all just kind of started popping and you know, quality be what it was. Some of them are worse than others, you know. Sure. I mean, it's it's a super niche. You know, haunts in general is a super niche topic, and then you take home haunts, which is like a niche within a niche. Mm-hmm. So it's it's there's there's not a lot of content being made right. um, about that niche, and so the stuff that's out there is generally really independent, really low budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we we were super low budget. You know what I mean? The only reason why it looked the way it looked is because I had the, the filmmaking experience right. to know enough to get myself in trouble, right? To know right. enough to get the door open to go, I think we can do this. 
I, and then we ended up doing it. But yeah, um, I mean, there's there's drone yeah. shots in this. You know, there's like there's there's a lot of really cool shots. But I'm sure like maybe not six years ago we got drone shots. Maybe like three years ago. You know. Yeah. No, it's funny if you if you when you watch the doc, you can actually see us experimenting because we did two years, year and a half, two years of research and planning, um, and and talking with haunts. I mean, there was a good. Oh gosh, I don't know, six, seven months of just, you know, contacting. At one point, I think we were talking to nine or 12 different haunts all at the same time. We were going to try mm-hmm. to film all of them. We had literal maps planned out and stuff. And then we canned that year because our funding fell through. Oh, and, no. and that was because the, the Genesis, you have to remember, the Genesis from six years ago was this was a TV show. We actually had it, we had it, um, financed from a producer to actually do this as a TV series. Okay. And and that's we were going to do two haunts per episode, nine episodes, so 18 haunts total. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sprinkle a couple little yard haunts in there, you know, as like cut twos for like a two or three minute cut to if we needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all that funding fell through and my wife and I were like, man. And so we started re-researching it as a film. And then that's when we decided, screw it, we'll self-finance it. Yeah. Um, which my credit cards are very, very high right yeah. now. Um, because <laughs> the old Kevin Smith those, way, right? That's exactly what I was saying. It was very Kevin Smith. It was yeah. very like, okay, well, hopefully this makes money. And mm-hmm. uh, so far we haven't made almost anything, but it's fine because the film's done. It's out there and it's getting you know really good positive yeah, feedback. Yeah, you guys are but, getting really good distribution and you have a, a 4K version on iTunes coming out soon. Uh, it's already out. It's oh, it's out already right out. Now. You can, it is out. It is 100% out right now. Um, that, yeah, we shot the whole film in 4K uh, from the beginning. So we spent a bit of money up front to do that. The extra storage, um, you know, better lenses, better cameras, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, okay, in, you know, whatever, three or four years when this comes out, 4K is going to be standard. So we have to be shooting in that now. For sure, yeah. In order to release it there. And I'm glad we did because if you when when we watched the hd version you know on amazon and things it's like oh this looks this looks really good and then i remember you know i had the 4k file and i know it looked good but when i downloaded it from itunes and played it on our tv i was like okay no this actually looks really good yeah like shockingly good for for the gear we used because you gotta think i don't know probably a third of the film was shot on a gopro hero 4 wow so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not, you know, we're not using red cameras. We're not using $50,000 right, exactly. cinema cameras. We're but, using a, you know, $2,500 Sony A7S. That's our main camera. Right. But I mean, it looks great. I mean, for what you guys had at the time and what we have right now, like, you guys are just on the cusp, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and going back to what I was saying before, so if you watch the film from from beginning to end, you can see how we were experimenting with shooting the 2016 season mm-hmm. and how that changed into the 2017 season when we went back and we shot. So if you look in 2016, there's a bunch of this uh, very classic front-mounted camera on people as they're walking through. Uh-huh. And the shots were okay. But as you go into 2017, you can see that we had time to to actually process that footage and start messing with it and realized, eh, this isn't the best. And we yeah. just completely ditched it in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in 2017, a drone shows up. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, we got some extra cash and a drone got bought. So it was just like, well, now we have a drone. Um, yeah. Which you know, is we could great for those aerial twice, shots. But... Like the, the shots where you get to see literally overhead of haunts. And I think a lot of people don't really like get that, that aspect of a haunt whenever you actually kind of see like where the front yard is, where the tree kind of obstructs the haunt, you know? Right. Very cool stuff. 
Um, yeah, there was only two shots we were actually able to use the drone, which was really unfortunate because of, you know, FAA laws. But right, it was yeah. it was nice. It was nice being in it. Yeah. yeah. It seems like they're like out in California, like, you know, everything like is, is pretty tight. You know, the streets are tight. I mean, they even look like that in the documentary for reasons why they couldn't even have the haunts for a while. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, especially if you go to like Rotten Apple and and, and some of the uh, uh, Rotten Apple and Boot Hill in particular mm-hmm. are are very, very small. Um, you know, Burbank, I don't know if you've ever been to Burbank, but it's have, it's yeah. an old, old, you know, old 40s, 50s town. And the streets are tiny, like, you know, two Priuses fill the street basically and and then the cars on each side are parked you know for parking right. so it's tight and so yeah so then and then you add you know 150 people in line and this entire thing it, it packs out real fast yeah and like on the night that we filmed them in 2016 some dance group showed up doing flash mobs to michael jackson oh, and just i mean it was just like mob <laughs> chaos yeah. right when we were filming and it was funny because like i'm like oh great a flash mob I'm like, well, I guess we can't film for the next hour. Yeah. Because that's kind of copywritten music. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just this. kind of dead in the water, just like watching them dance. Uh-huh. Like, oh, man. What a waste. Make a movie here. <laughs> so, yeah. So what what made you guys, uh, did you guys have connections with, what was the convention before Midsummer Scream? Uh, so I used to run a really, really terrible podcast called Theme Park Talk. Okay. Um, I think we all had a park podcast at one point in time in our lives. Everybody did. So <laughs> we, we started one called Coaster Heaven or Coaster something. Uh, like in 2007, whenever, pod, literally like the year or the year after podcasts first started. Yes. And got a ton of traction. And then I remember uh, some theme park guy was like, this doesn't make any sense. You're not talking about coasters you're talking about theme parks and i was like oh yeah and so we took theme park talk because it was available because yeah. nobody else was doing it mm-hmm. um and then did that for a while and then that became a video series which is still online you can actually still check it out um and then through that i met met rick west and okay. rick and i became friends and then flash forward three four years later maybe even more than that he started or he was with the group of people who started scare la Mm-hmm. And so they did that for a number of years. So our first, when we were researching the film, was like year two or th- two maybe of Scare LA, maybe year three. Mm-hmm. So like that's how far back it is. Like we're in year four now, I think, of Midsummer Scream. Yeah. And there was one or two years before that for Scare LA, and that was like a year into researching. So yeah, I mean that just shows it's been a while, right? Yeah. Um. So and that that was where we went around. Chris and Gina uh, introduced us to all their haunt friends, and you know we met with with uh, Preston and Diane, which was really funny because we went up to Preston and Diane and went, "Hey, you know we're filming this documentary," and they had apparently just been asked to be in another documentary. Um, oh wow! Uh, what was the one? It was the Haunters, the Art of the Scare. They had just been asked to be in that talk, so uh-huh. they were kind of like, "Okay, like who are all these people coming out of the woodwork?" Yeah. To you know, wanted to be in. so they were a little sketchy, and then they ended up saying yes. Um, then we met Greg and Pam Packard that same year, mm-hmm. and I think that was the first. No, that was. I don't even think they were doing a haunt at that, or they had just started doing a haunt at that point. Because when we filmed them, it was year three in 2016. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they would have had. They would have been like. They would have done year one. They would have had just done year one or about to do year one. Yeah. Because we when when we were looking at which haunts to do, and a lot of people have asked, like, how did you choose your haunts? And it's like, well, there were like 
18 of them that we were going through, but we yeah. came down to those four because it was Rotten Apple was always going to be a part of it because they're the you know the, the 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 old school rock that's been there for a long time, uh-huh. uh, and they change their theme every year and it's it's insane and it's massive and, and awesome. Yeah. And then um, Restless Souls Matter, Greg and Pam Packard, they came on because they were the newbies. Uh-huh. They 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 were only in like I said year three when we filmed them, so it's like they're doing it on the level of Rotten Apple, but they're brand new. Mm-hmm. So was like, well, we, I definitely want to get that perspective. Yeah. Um, plus, I, I really love their story. Um, and then Boot Hill was a yard haunt, but it was sort of a over the top yard haunt. Like they're they're a haunt, but they're not they're not enclosed. It's just in the front driveway. Right. Um, it doesn't actually go into the garage. There's no walls. There's except to like close off the yard. There's mm-hmm. no walls. So it's more of a yard haunt than it is a traditional haunt. So it was like, okay, well, there's our yard haunt. Yeah. Um, and then Beware of the Dark Realm was just like, holy mother of God, there's a giant castle. And, <laughs> you know, they're just awesome people as well. So that was, they were, they, they just kind of fit in perfectly. Uh-huh. Um, and then it ended up working out. It ended up just there was a lot of happy accidents where just it ended up like oh these were just the perfect four people yeah. to to have be in this film and you know little things started happening that just were kind of happy accidents uh-huh. <laughs> along the way. So whenever you guys got this uh, out, I know it kind of came out recently. Um, is that is that something that uh, you guys wanted to do that, or did you want to wait till October, or do you think it's good to have it out now and let it build traction to October? Well, we we released October of last year on Amazon. Okay. Uh, which so the distribution was a little clunky because it was we were trying to get it done and ready for October of 2018. We didn't want to wait till October of 2019 because uh-huh. we would have basically just sat on the film for almost a full year and nobody would have seen it. Um, and then our company, um, Saga Studios, made a distribution deal with Amazon. So we were able to direct distribute with them. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing that first as sort of an exclusive distribution deal mm-hmm. and then went the iTunes route. And that took three or four months for iTunes to get it, screen it, accept it, get it in, get it to be published. And that finally right. came out in April, mid-April. Okay. So it took That's a while. That's how I found out about it. Was through iTunes. Okay. Was through the iTunes, uh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. do you know who Pumpkin Rot is? No. So Pumpkin Rot, he's the, he, you check out his blog. He's a photographer. He kind of just does his own like home haunts and just kind of has like, oh, right. like does like a lot of photography and stuff and lives out in like you know like Maine or somewhere. Um, but he just kind of posts just a lot of random uh, Halloween things that he's found and he posted about your guys' show. That's how I found about it. Oh, nice. Really, and, that's that's red. Yeah. So it, it, you're right. It is kind of like a a niche community you know of haunters and horror fans that kind of spread these things. But I feel like you know it's probably it's gaining traction for you. I guarantee this Halloween, you're definitely going to see some numbers. I, I mean, I hope so. It's 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 one of those where it it's interesting the way it's rolling out. So, like Netflix passed on the film, really? um, yeah, which is funny. There, uh, the 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 reasoning we got back was they want to focus on more genre heavy topics. And I was like, what? More genre heavy than Halloween? Yeah. I mean, sure, okay. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so they passed, uh, which which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Hulu's currently screening right now, but we're waiting. Uh, there's a large waiting game with them because Disney just got full control of Hulu, and right. they're doing a complete reorg of the company. So um, all we're hearing back from them is like, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. But yeah, things are chaotic right now. Uh-huh. So we're just sort of waiting for them to, to, <laughs> to come online. Um, 
but I mean, it's it's done okay. It okay. hasn't done super well. But it's interesting. The thing that we're we're finding is that, you know, we reach out to haunters on Instagram. We will we'll DM a bunch of them, you know, one at a time, just like, hey, have you seen the film? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I would say ninety percent of the time, it's no, I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Um, so when at the screening we just did, we did, we we just did the first theater screening in um, Santa Ana in Southern California at okay. the Frida, which was bizarre to see the film on a big screen. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was great and it was super fun, but it was one of those things where it's like you know you're watching a film, a thing you had in your head, and it mm-hmm. just is all of a sudden up on a giant, you know. 40 foot screen and there's people Where hundreds of people right i mean like that place had to fit a decent amount uh yeah it, it fit 205 i think we had 120 130 people something like that mm. in, in the theater so I mean, there's a good amount of people um there that's cool but it was just it was just bizarre seeing it up there and then you know to go back really quick to, to sidetrack on on using equipment that isn't like crazy studio grade mm-hmm. um it looked amazing. You know, it was one of those things where a DSLR with decent lenses and GoPro Hero 4 footage processed properly was great on the big screen. Yeah. So this is one of those, you know, I, I, I'm constantly, I mean, you were watching some of my YouTube stuff. I constantly harp on, you know, people like, hey, just use the gear you have. You don't need this big stuff. Like, mm-hmm. learn how to use it and y- you can make cool stuff with it. Um yeah. Anyway, sorry. Side note. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. So we, we did the, we did the screening and that was awesome. But one of the things we were talking about there was like you know the inner circle of LA haunters knows about the film, mm-hmm. but getting it outside of there is 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 interesting. It's a little difficult, and I think it's it's definitely because it's a niche within a niche. Mm-hmm. It's only available on Amazon and iTunes, um, and it's not direct streaming anywhere. Um, you have yeah. to rent or purchase it. Which is funny. That's and, what I did. I went to Amazon and I went to play it. I was like, oh, it's on Amazon. And it did the thing where it's like, well, you got to buy this. Like, throw us five bones. So I had to go on the website, throw five bones at it. And then it became active yeah. on the, on the streaming app. Yeah, that was one thing that we, we noticed was a problem um, when we first released is we had a lot of people come <laughs> messaging us like, hey, um, it doesn't show up on my Apple TV. And I'm like, I know. You got to go to the website and you have to rent it there. And then it'll show up on your, right. your Amazon account. So a little little wonky. So we had a, we had a few distribution hiccups uh, right at the beginning, but it's I mean everybody who's seen it t- generally tends to like it. We have one two star review, and I I see who you are. Um, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> it was really funny too because the the review was like I wish it was uh, I I thought it was going to be more tutorials or something like that, and I was all like I didn't learn what? anything, and you're like uh, yeah okay, I'm like that's what YouTube's for. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Everybody else enjoys the film. Uh-huh. Um, but it's great. I mean, the community really, really likes it. And that's, you know, we made it for the community. We wanted to make a film that the community could be proud of, mm-hmm. that that they could look to and point towards and go, hey, that's us. That's why we do what we do. Uh-huh. Um, and, and show other people why they love Halloween so much. And I've actually heard... Um, uh, what was the podcast? Park, Parks and Cons just did uh, an episode. And they reviewed the film. It was really, really nice. Um, but they actually they mentioned that they want to sit their family down and basically watch it and go, look, this is why we're crazy about Halloween. Yeah. Like, we can't explain it, but this explained it well enough that this is why we're crazy about right. it. You guys see us and, wearing uh, shirts with pumpkins on it all throughout the year, and it's just like, what? It's like, here, just watch this, and you'll get it. Well, oh. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's that was that was the reason why we made it. You know, we didn't make it to make a ton of money. We never we knew we were never gonna make a bajillion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That was never gonna happen. Right. It's a fandom um, thing. 
it's a fan thing right exactly yeah. i mean if we make our money back i'll be happy please god help us make our money back <laughs> um <laughs> and i mean but, that's what that's what this is i mean like you know i i'm from more like this is in orlando right so we're on the east coast and you know we have halloween horror nights over here uh we have uh mickey's I, I've, scary. Never, I've never been to halloween horror nights in, in florida and i'm desperate to go you gotta I come out here you know uh, you know uh we got mike aiello one of the creators of howling horror nights you know i used to work with him he's a really great guy and i'm sure if he checks out your doc he will love it so i will definitely spread the word this is what this podcast is for that would be amazing i think his wife has seen it actually because I, I direct messaged mike when it first came out and his uh-huh. wife liked it summer <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> he hasn't liked it or said anything about it but his wife did oh no, so. no. i'm sure he would definitely take the time to watch it uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, I'll nudge this podcast his way, you know. Nice. Yeah, no, Mike, Mike is a, Mike's one of those, 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 it's like, it's, you know, growing up in LA and being involved in the film industry and stuff like that, I don't generally get weirdly starstruck, but like, I'll be walking around Disneyland and Tony Baxter goes by uh-huh. and my brain explodes, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm like, that's Tony <laughs> Baxter. Right. Um, and like the attraction nerd in me is just like, oh, like, that's who I geek out about. So like Mike Aiello is one of those guys where I'm like, okay, that's sort of one of my geek out guys, right? Uh-huh. Um, like oh, yeah. I see the work he does and I'm just like, okay. No, yeah. this guy. And the great um, thing is, he's super humble. You know, he goes and talks to Moody over on your side of the the country. Yeah, and they work together. Yeah. And build some pretty cool stuff, man. Mr. Werewolf Kane. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually so. Sorry. Side, side note. So for Theme Park Talk, that old podcast, remember we were covering Halloween Horror Nights once. This 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 is how non starstruck I get with like normal people, right? Mm-hmm. We're at Halloween Horror Nights. It's during the uh, what was Ozzy Osbourne's maze? What was that called? Oh yeah, the. Uh, whatever it was whatever yeah. the maze was called. i can't remember what it was exactly called um and we're standing there waiting to go in to, to review it for for news people and my buddy i'm just standing there like this my buddy goes look behind you and i'm like huh and i turn around and ozzy osbourne is standing like Man. five feet behind me just staring at us just like <laughs> zombie stare just right there and i went huh and then just turned back around like i was right. like Meh whatever yes. right but then john murdy walks by and i'm like like that's john murdy like uh-huh. yeah that you can see where your fandom lies truly <laughs> exactly exactly that's awesome um, well it's cool yeah i mean that's what i'm saying so like you know we have people on this side of the world that you know like you said like you know if it wasn't for the the social out like media like of just knowing um people through twitter and stuff to kind of connect to what it you know, midsummer scream is and everything that's going out there on in california uh i mean that is where a lot of these uh you know animatronics and the stuff that do go to the you know halloween spirit stores and stuff are really getting created and made uh so it's cool to see that stuff on the ground floor i know it's still kind of small as a show but they're trying like things are coming up and, and getting bigger every year i just want midsummer screen being yes. small uh, midsummer screen is huge now yeah so it's funny because we've been going since year one right and year one i have video of it there's actually video of it in the dock you know there's wide shots of the aisles and there's just you know 40, 50 people walking by. There's large gaps in space. Yeah. And if you look, I didn't film a whole lot from last year, but I have some footage of last year where you couldn't, it was bumper to bumper people. You couldn't get through. Mm-hmm. And and this year, the amount of space they just announced that they have is just mind boggling. It's the entire, I believe it's the entire uh, Los Angeles or uh, Long Beach Convention Center, I think is oh, what wow. they posted. 
something like that. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. The amount of space they have this year. So that team that does the uh, the entrance every year are just going to be crying their eyes out this yeah. year. That's Diana Preston and Greg and Pam. <laughs> it's, it's all the, it's all of the guys from our haunt dog because yeah. they're all from Cal Haunts. That's the other cool thing about Southern California is that they've got all these different haunt groups. So there's uh, SoCal Valley Haunters and there's Cal Haunts. Those are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. And all the people from our docks are members of of one or both. And yeah, Cal Haunts does the entrances to Midsummer Scream every year. And yeah. I, I didn't have footage of last year's, but it started off with nothing, which is black drapes, and then they did what was in the film, which was the little the archway with the spiderwebs and yeah. you know the the you know the um, headless horseman that rises up. Mm-hmm. Last year, they built a full walkthrough, like life size uh, Frankenstein's castle, full laboratory, full Frankenstein that actually rose up to the lightning and it uh, moves full electronics. Oh my god! Um, they did projection mapping on models of windmills to make it look like fire off in the distance on these. It was insane. Yeah. So I now, can only imagine what they're doing this year. I was going to say, it has to get to a point where it gets so big, like you said, like, well, they have their haunt as well. Is it to the point now where they just were like, well, we're getting a budget, so we have team A, team B, like, we're at the house. No, and it's the same group of like 20 people. Really? Wow. And it's and it's crazy that, you know, you, you see what they're doing for like Midsummer Scream with these giant, giant things. But that's when all of them come together. Then they all split up individually and go do their haunts, mm-hmm. which are, you know, 2,000 square foot right. insanity. So the passion they have for Halloween and for the haunted attraction, uh-huh. you know, art form as it is. Because they really are, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the doc is... Uh, oh, actually, I don't know if I made it up, made it into the doc, but like when Ted and I were doing the interview, you know, we were describing them as, as pop-up um, art exhibits, basically, which is what they are. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're art installations. They're not, I mean, they're haunts, but they're really like one or two weekend pop-up art installations that are kind of there and then they're gone. Right. You know, and, and around the country, I don't, I don't know how much is in Orlando, but like LA, there's pop-up art installations everywhere. Right. Um, oh yeah, like you know they'll, they'll run out of venue. Like I know they did the the slashback video thing out right. there, and like yeah, you're right. Like there's always like these photo shoot op things that like open or uh, Guillermo del Toro comes into the museum and puts out his little display of things for like, exactly. for, like a few months. Yeah, I mean it's no nowhere near as much in Orlando over there as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Now there are, <laughs> however, where you are, there are a ton of haunts. There's actually we were just talking with a, a home hunter in Winter Garden. Um, really does a pretty big home haunt yeah no there's there's a fair amount of haunts in the central florida area particularly around orlando okay Um, yeah i know we have there's like a like the um the petrified forest and like some other ones like that but yeah like home haunts i don't really know about so i would love for you to give me kind of like a, a list i'd love to connect with those people yeah i'll have to uh i'll have to shout it out on like our facebook pages or something and see if we can collate a list of florida based home haunts because I know Central Florida is a pretty big hub for that kind of stuff, and it's mm-hmm. and it's growing. I've noticed there's a few a few horror Halloween conventions, little small ones. Yeah, starting Spooky to Empire happens out here. Um, yeah, Spooky Empire, mm-hmm. which I think just moved to Tampa, right? They were in Orlando. Yes, another, they're uh, doing in Tampa. They couldn't find anywhere around Halloween because they wanted to have it on Halloween weekend. So that I think it was Tampa was like, yeah, we'll give you our entire convention center, and they're like, great. <laughs> interesting on Halloween weekend. Yeah, and they got is Bruce Campbell going to go. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I just figured it's funny because, like, you know, Midsummer Scream is perfectly placed, right? Because it's, and they did it specifically to try to get the haunters to go because it's before they all have to go build. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, far enough out of outside of Halloween that you can still do it. Doing, I, 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 
it's interesting because like to do it someone, on Halloween, right? Yeah. On Halloween, right? You're you're instantly preventing the haunters from being able to go. Yeah, that's kind of the sad huh. point. Yeah, I know a lot of people in Orlando are kind of bummed. You should call us Spooky Empire. We'll help you. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> or a small nominal consultation fee will help you to yeah. plan your event. <laughs> well, I can guarantee you that uh, I know there's a lot of uh, other haunter podcasts uh, that listen to this show. So once I once we do this one, you're going to start getting hit up to get those shows. And by that point, I'm sure Spooky Empire, then they'll, they'll hear you. There voice. you go. I'm down. I'm down. No, I mean, that's, it's one of the fun things, you know, like the screening was so cool and it's not like we made money, right? Like right. we bought the theater. I paid to rent out the theater and, uh-huh. and, and, and hold the event, you know, with horror buzzing midsummer scream, just because we wanted to have basically a party for the community. For that sure. the f- out. I mean, it took seven months or whatever to be able to do it, but we did it, right. you know, and after that experience, you know, I've already started racking my brain and going like, how can we do this other places in the country? Like, are there other little theaters? Like I can't afford to do it every time, but if there's a theater, it's <laughs> just like, yeah, we'll screen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm down. Whenever you finally get the thing. price tag, you're like, you know what? Not as horrible as I thought it would be. Yeah. Let's do it. Like that's, yeah. Been, I, I mean, it's it's one of those films I really just want the community to see it. And we 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 screened it for a few a few friends who are super into um, cosplay and and Comic Con and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And even they were gravitating towards it. Of like, okay, that film for them, they they were saying Epic Home Haunts was exactly the way they feel about cosplay, but is is but right. It's about attractions and that they got it and they understood the love behind it and they were able to show it to other people you know they, or they could show it to other people to explain their love for cosplay but like look this is halloween but this is the exact same way we feel about cosplay right there you know the only difference is they're wearing their their haunt on their body you know like they're still exactly. crafting those costumes morning noon and night months and months on end and sweat and dedication just like haunters are all year round for what a week exactly yeah. well and that was you know that, that's that's part of the point of the film right is it's like these people aren't crazies they're not you know people who are like damaged children who have <laughs> some weird <laughs> halloween horror fetish or something right you know, they're just normal people who want to put on a cool show for their community basically and they do you know, they all do it for free they take donations mm-hmm. you know like scott sively from beware the dark realm you know he talks about in the doc he and it's no joke. He literally will wake up at four in the morning, and there's food being left at his front door in <laughs> April. Yeah, because like, people have just gotten so used to. Oh yeah, that's the place where we go donate canned food. So yeah, you're the donation guy. Yeah, and, and but it, it's 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 cool that they've become so known for a free, you know, theme park uh, level experience mm-hmm. that is able to donate. You know, for their community um, in Santa Santa Clarita, they are the number one donator of food for the entire month of October. That's great for the that's, that's for the crazy. food pantry there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So without them, the food pantry would would literally not have the food they need to be able to give out. So the fact that they're not only able to entertain their community, bring their community together, but they're able to literally feed their community. <laughs> And do it for like, you know, I talked about this when uh, at the screening, Scott, I remember uh, 2017, the second year we filmed with them, he was literally walking around going, I want to do this, I want to do this, you know, we're going to do this here, we're going to do that here. Mm. And he went, but if I only had $300, I could do what I really wanted. Yeah, like only $300. They're not spending thousands of dollars. It's a couple of hundred bucks a year, if that, and that's their whole budget. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think it, it shows in the documentary at one point, uh, which I definitely want to talk to you about this event, uh, is the uh, the, flash, the flash flood that took away this this, yeah. this haunt. You know, they're Spoiler. not going like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not going like, well, we're just going to go buy more plywood and more walls. Like, that's whatever. It's like, no, we're going to get as many people that will want to, you know, help out in the community. And we're going to dig this stuff out of the dirt and salvage whatever we can. What was it like to, uh, did you get a call that like this flood had happened? Or did you know it was coming? And you're like, well, we're just going to see how this plays out. No, no, that was, so that was one of those, those quote unquote happy accidents. So for us, and the story of the film, mm-hmm. it was a happy accident, right? right. For, for them, them. <laughs> it was a not so happy accident. Um, but I mean, for the narrative of the film, it was like, oh, okay, like, wow, we literally can now show these awesome people, and it's and it's not like it's it was Boot Hill, right, where it's a small yard haunt. It was the largest haunt with right. the biggest, most advanced stuff got hit, and. I think it was like 40% or 35% of their stuff is gone. Yeah. Just completely wiped out by this flash flood. And so we got a call. I don't know. It was like randomly like, hey, there was a flood. We can't get in. Um, we're going to go clean, blah, blah. And I instantly went, take pictures. Take pictures, take video, take everything you can. Because yeah. we're not in LA. I live in San Jose. I live okay. 450 miles north yeah. of where they are. And so when we started the project, we lived in L.A. Uh, <laughs> That's how long it's taken. <laughs> and then I got a job at GoPro and moved up up north. Um, and so, you know, I was just like, please take pictures, blah, blah, blah. And then my wife and I were like, all right, well, we weren't planning to come down and film for another couple of weeks. But I guess we're driving down. And mm-hmm. so we went down two weekends in a row to just film them you know, taking stuff out of the dirt and cleaning flats and that kind of stuff. And it looks like we were there for like a half a day in the film. Cause it's like four minutes long or something like that. Right, yeah. But that was, that was 48 hours oh of, my God. of filming. And, and it looks so hot flood. too. Like, it oh, it was miserable. <laughs> it was over hundred degrees. Well, it's in the high, the high desert, right? So right. in LA, the high desert, it's like a, you know, middle of summer. It was like a hundred and I don't know, probably 105 Something like that. It was it was well over 100 degrees in yeah. the middle of the day. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're just sitting out there with drones and stuff like that. And that was one of the few times I could actually use the drone because it was, you know, private property far enough away from an airport. Right. So I was like, sweet. So I just used the drone a whole bunch. Um, but, yeah, it, it, that was devastating for them. And we missed because the flood happened. And then they went out, and then they couldn't physically get access to park or anything. So it was like, well, we can't come down until that happens. So they couldn't clean the yacht. I think it was like two weeks, two or three weeks, mm-hmm. until the waters receded and you know everything was gone. They were able to get in and like trump around a little bit, yeah. but they couldn't do anything. And the, the the even crappier thing is, it was, I guess it was flooded and 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 bad enough that it took so long to get all that fixed. A giant bee colony came in and built a hive. Oh my god! <laughs> so everything got flooded downstream. Yeah. You know, and it's all piled up and just destroyed. And then this massive bee colony <laughs> decides, "Oh, we're gonna live here now." Right. And so there's a couple of pictures in the dock of them having to like have transported the bees or whatever they had oh to do. Oh my god! Yeah. So it was just like insane. But the the, the awesome thing is is that the community came together and I, I think they set up a GoFundMe page and a bunch of other stuff and just rallied behind them to try to get them, you know, the things replaced that they, they needed replaced and, and, and to have help. And they had probably, 
you can sit in the dock, probably 10, 10, 15 volunteers yeah. every single weekend there. Oh, that's great. They drive up, they give their cars, and, and it's mm. not close. Burbank to where they were in the high deserts, like an hour, hour and a half long drive. Yeah. You know what I mean? There and back in 100 plus degree weather, you know, middle of the summer, it's miserable, you're dirty, you're sweaty. And uh, not only are you there early in the morning, they would get there at like 8 a.m. to start cleaning, and then at like 4 in the afternoon, 5 in the afternoon, they leave. They have to go back to their house and then unload everything. Right, yeah. Like, that's the worst part is when it's nighttime now and you're back at the place. <laughs> now you have to unload all this crap in the dark. And then go back the next day. Oh. And, you know, you look at Diane and Preston, and I'm like, you know, they're both retirees. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. I kept thinking that too. Like he has like the little, uh, was it the sweat uh, veil thing on the back of his yep, hat yep. and everything. And I'm just like this poor man, like he doesn't need to be doing any of this, no. but he is, he's out there because he's, he loves it. He loves the community. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it, that really, like I said, for us was this happy accident. Cause we got to really show the dedication that the community and the haunters have to creating this art form that not even a giant flash flood that took shipping containers and washed them over a half a mile downstream. Like it was that powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's the shot we cut to, which is is supposed to be a shocking type shot where it says three months to Halloween. And then we just, you know, hard cut to that broken RV. Mm-hmm. That RV wasn't stored broken. The water picked <laughs> it up and threw it into a tree. Um so we, we, we talked to the owner of the RV and it was, yeah, it's, it, it was working before the flood right. <laughs> and afterwards looked like it had rolled over four times, you know, on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how powerful that water was. Jeez. Um, I was going to ask you, did you ever get a chance to actually meet Gary Cobb in the community or is that more or less the legend that most people were just talking about? No, talk about I never, that? I never got to meet, meet Gary Corb. Um, it was, you know, Gary is sort of like this like home haunt legend yeah. in in the haunt community and he passed away 2017 2016 something like that I never got to meet him mm-hmm. um, how did you, you know, find that footage that was in the dock is that supply um, so that was shot by a company that no longer exists um, through Ted Doherty we were trying to track down the guy who shot it and we never could okay. um it was on if you go to let me actually look up the website if you go to oh goodness gracious what is his website if you go to his website uh, uh, he that that footage is there um, is it hauntinggrounds.com yeah so hauntinggrounds.org because um, his, his haunt was the hallowed haunting grounds okay so if you go to uh, hauntinggrounds.org org i think is yeah is the website there's a whole bunch of information about you know his haunt and things like that there's a bunch of uh, other video there and you know we contacted um everybody and basically just footage and you know some of it like those interviews were just you know nobody nobody owned it anymore it was just sort of lost in the ether of of usage yeah and so we did we did a whole lot of work to actually there's there's string music that was originally behind the interviews we did a ton of work to actually remove all of that music and and just keep the interview um so we could get it because it was really important to have that in the doc and it was really kind of sweet you know the 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 clip we used i i really hoped that when people or hope when people watch it they take it as sort of gary giving them a little bit of motivational advice in the mm-hmm. middle of the dock. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, 
you can do this. Just try. Anybody can do this. Anybody is a hunter. Anybody can be a hunter. And that's sort of the, the notion of the doc, right? If you look uh-huh. at the definition of the beginning, it, the definition of a hunter is literally just, do you like scary things? Yes. Cool. <laughs> right. You're a hunter. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't take much. You're already in the community, actually. Yeah. Well, and that was, you know, the sort of the genesis of the definitions that separate each act in, in the film. We, you know, we're trying to rack our brain of like, okay, we, we know... We always knew we wanted to start with 2016, and we always knew we wanted to just kind of jump into 2016. We didn't want to wait to show the haunts, right? Right. So, and, and you can't show the haunt and then like backtrack and show the same haunt being built because you already know what it's going to be. You can show parts of it, right, to get like a behind the scenes thing, which we do of like you you see the dragon, you see the the, the underskin of the dragon, right? And you, you hopefully can see that it was the caterpillar. You hopefully can kind of see the caterpillar shape in the dragon. Uh-huh. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but we really wanted to show 2016 and just sort of jump in so that those who who open the dock not knowing what it is and just go, I just want to see haunts see haunts and then those who maybe don't know what it is kind of go oh okay i get it and then you slowly start peeling away the layers as to who they are and what this is and Mm -hmm. the community and what it goes through so that when you then get to the third act which is then halloween 2017 you sort of know what you're getting into so hopefully the idea is the beginning you go oh okay i I know what this is Uh uh-huh then by by the beginning of the third act, you go, oh, it's not what I thought it was, and then you get to see it again with new appreciation, right? Hopefully, yeah. Like that was the idea, right? No, that's the, that's a really good idea, and it's something that you know a lot of these other documentaries on on haunts haven't really done. Like they'll kind of focus on you know people making them, and that's kind of really about it, you know. Whereas I feel like this sure. one, like you said, it kind of shows you the community, and if you're not aware of it, you're like, oh, I've seen little haunted houses built around my neighborhood. And then all of a sudden right. you're like, oh, there's a community? There's a convention? Wait, these people get together now? And then it's like, okay, th- I get it. This is cool. Like, I never even knew this existed. I want to find out more. You know, be, be a part of this. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully that's the case. And then, you know, we always knew we wanted to end it with, with somebody young, right? Passing and the torch. Yes. Passing the torch, exactly. And what the in L.A., there's two haunters um there's sam from opeachy mm-hmm. and then i'm blanking on her name i'm sorry if you're listening from murder house productions um she did in 2017 she did a trick-or-treat trick or treat from the the the, the movie the Mike Donner uh, film, yes yeah um um themed haunt and it was like mind-blowing like universal quality. status wow. quality and people were like, holy mother. And she's like 17 or 16 or something or 19, 18. She's really young, right? Yeah. And so it was always like, okay, it's Sam and her. Can we get them both in the film? And we went and interviewed Sam. And here's how fast we worked. We interviewed Sam the summer before the film came out. Okay. So we were interviewing him and three months later the film was out. Wow. Like that's how fast we were trying to get this done, right? Yeah. Slap it on a lunchbox and you're selling it. You're selling it. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, nice Jurassic Park reference. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was it? You packaged it and you yeah. now you're selling it. You're not selling it. Uh, <laughs> freaking Goldblum. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Jeez. Um, so yeah, so we, we always want to get both, and we just ran out of time. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, if we have a sequel, I know how we're starting it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so, but yeah, we always wanted to end it with the future, and, and to see somebody young who is you know, maybe has a little bit fresher of a take that isn't grounded in the way things have been done to see, okay, well, what are you doing and what are they gravitating towards? And like Sam, you know, he's so young. Um, in 2017, he was 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And like one of my favorite lines, probably my favorite line in the entire film is Sam. And he goes, I don't have like, a job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because I don't think you could legally work yet. Right. Um, yeah. Like, I know all these other haunters are going to work and they have money for these things. Like, I'm or they're retired. Like, right. you know, I mean, yeah, and he's getting his allowance and birthday money and stuff. But the stuff he gravitates towards, where it's 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 interactive, mm-hmm. you know, or it's uh, experiences you go through by yourself. It's interesting, at least to me, to go. Okay, so that's where the younger brand, like the generation who's about to go into design school, who five, ten years from now, they're going to be the ones designing haunts. Like that's yeah. what they're interested in now. So it's interesting to see. Okay, like that's where we're going and it just so happened to work out that greg packard and and pam and his brother donovan mm-hmm. were doing interactive stuff in their haunt in 2017 yeah. uh, which was an ingenious idea they had these little boxes to explain for me who hasn't seen the film they have these little boxes and they're just uh rfid or uh, no sorry they're infrared receivers it's all they are uh-huh. and so there's just little infrared lights throughout the haunt and as you're moving around with this with this box it'll receive a signal and it'll tell the box uh, the, the the box has a vibrator in it, and it oh, that sounded dirty. It has <laughs> go on. The the box has a thing that makes it vibrate. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Back up. Move on. Um, <laughs> and it's got a light meter, so like one to five or one to ten or whatever it was. And basically, at certain rooms, it would uh, you know the strength of of the box and the lights would go you know to number four, number five. And it was supposed to be like, oh, there's a ghost present in this room. Your ghost yeah. detector is going off. But they geniusly made it go off at just random times. Mm-hmm. So there were like one or two rooms where it would actually go off where there was a scare actor there. But uh-huh. then mo- every other time, it's just going off. Right, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, oh, oh, it's going to – oh, and nothing happens. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's interesting to see that sort of interactivity coming you know, down the line. And I'm, I'm what they did the year after, you know, with this whole time travel thing, I wish we would have filmed them because they did an entire time travel scenario, um, where you actually went back in time and the, the tech they had was amazing. Um, so really quick. So I know I've been talking for a while, but the side note, so that, that haunt (laughs) restless. So you got me talking about this stuff. Uh, restless, (laughs) restless souls manner is really, really cool as far as their story. And they're the only ones that really do this, um, that I know of where, each year they change the haunt, but it's the same story. What I mean is they have a 200-year story that they've created, and each haunt is like a one- or two-year snippet out of that 200-year It's their story. Game of Thrones. Basically, <laughs> yeah. right? So, Which, don't say anything, I'm only at uh, season seven and a half. Oh, yeah, no, you're good. Spoilers. <laughs> Anybody watching is like, what? But yeah, I just started watching it like a month and a half ago, so I've been binging it. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, it, it's, their, it's their epic long uh, story. And it's, they, they, yeah, they exactly. tell it every year. 
different yeah, parts. Yeah, and so this the last year was this time travel story where you went in modern times and you time traveled back to I think it was like the twenties when an, an evil doctor was living in the 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 manor because it's mm-hmm. Russell Souls Manor. It's all about this house, and so you got to experience the house in the time of the doctor. And then the year before that was you were experiencing it in modern day mm-hmm. as like the house is decrepit and alone and you're going in as ghost investigators, paranormal investigators. Wow. And then the year before that you were going in in like the 1700s and a coven of witches had appeared or were in the house and there were witch hunters there trying to hunt the witches in the 1700s and oh you were God. like there with them. And it's just it's it's insane. It's like, you know, Greg works at a hospital. Like he's right. not a designer. He's not a he's not a filmmaker. <laughs> like yeah, this, this is stuff is, that doesn't even show up at horror nights. You know, that's what I mean. Well, I mean, horror nights in Florida, right, is probably the best example I could give. Where you've got uh, what is the insane asylum that keeps showing up? That like Jack is like his brother was in, and then Jack was in it, and they keep reusing. Oh this right, yeah, the, the penitentiary, yeah. And and then like all of Horror Nights is supposed to take place in that one town in was it Ohio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like that's the closest thing I can think of where they're sort of loosely tying everything together, right? But this uh-huh. is like legit tying it together. Like it's one story, uh-huh. and they're just gonna keep going with it. It's genius. It's yeah. absolute genius. Like people want to know, they want to come back every year and year and see how like this story unfolds on top of just going into a fun haunt in general. Like, right. I mean, in the end, like, what is a haunted house? Well, it's a house that's gone through so much shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, and it's interesting, too. Like, with their haunt, people will come out going, oh, man, like, we went through the house. And it's like, no. You went through their side yard, their backyard, and their garage. Yeah. You didn't you even were, go through you their, were like, nowhere, You were nowhere in there. And it, they completely trick you. And because it's it's unlike, you know, you go into like not to bash on like Horror Nights, but you go into like Horror Nights, right? And you go into a bedroom and it's like, yeah, that's a bedroom, but it's like a five foot by seven foot bedroom with a twin bed that's been cut in right. half. Uh-huh. Yeah, to <laughs> give you the space. illusion that you're in that in that room. Right. Right. No, their stuff is full size. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, no, this is clearly one of the bedrooms in your house. And it's like, no, no, yeah. this is the third car garage. That's <laughs> like, crazy. It's genius what these guys are doing. And it, hopefully we did them justice by, you know, with the film. And, and hopefully people will then get to see it. Maybe they'll be inspired and yeah. get to, you know, like, like Greg says, you know, the whole film really does, I don't know what Greg says, where it's, you know, if they can just inspire one person to go out and do it, they're satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're continuing the legacy. And this is like the best way that you could really, you know, share that with the rest of the world. Like I said, I'm sure half these people don't even know that this is out there, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is really, no, we have a vast audience who has no idea that we exist. Every comments exists. Yeah. So well, we got to keep spreading it. I mean, yeah, you know, I, one of the things I really did enjoy, I know we had to wrap up here in a second, uh, is that, you know, you guys touched a little bit on the extreme haunts and I know that's kind of like a competitor right now. A little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to get your take. What, what do you think about these, these, terrifying spit in your face bury you be little you for for actual money whereas like um, you know like you said the other haunt is giving you a donation for, for food to help the community yeah, right exactly <laughs> um yeah i mean it's such a juxtaposition right like you've got beware of the dark realm where he tells a story about a 90 year old woman going through the haunt and basically like loving it right and then the other one you've got you know the other type haunts like the one unfortunate haunt that i won't even mention my name has navy seals going through it who apparently have never been able to make it through the experience um you know which is just like 
insane. It's uh, what we say in the film is is accurately depicts the way I personally feel about it as well. Where it's it's not my thing. Yeah. I would never want to do it now the ones where like you've got little like nine volt shocker gloves or whatever you know like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. whatever i pretend i would probably maybe do that right yeah. but it, never to the level where it's like or like the ones where it's like hey we're gonna put a, a a cloth bag over your head to go into the space and then take the bag off just so you don't know where you are and then you go through the haunt that stuff i think is oh is is fine yeah just uh, adding another more, level yeah, I'm more that kind of stuff for me is always I'm a little bit more germophobic about like did you clean that bag right. from the last person? <laughs> did they sneeze in this and then uh-huh. you put it on my head? Like that's more terrifying to me than anything else. For sure. Um, but like you know, as far as you know, we're, we were very specific in the doc. I think we gave it like four and a half minutes or something like that, maybe maybe five minutes. Mm-hmm. And there's no images. We don't cut to any footage of any extreme haunt. We do that very specifically. Right. It's um, not what was, this was one's a, about. Right, it was a very on-purpose decision to have them talk about it. The music goes very, very low. It's very, very bassy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone talks about it. We really wanted to hound on the way a, a large group of the community feels that when you get to a level of extreme where it becomes, like what Request says, supervised torture, mm-hmm. when it gets to that level, there's a very... I, I, I would say from my experience, probably 90% of the haunt community, I could be wrong, but in my experience, it's about 90% of the haunt community doesn't believe that that's haunting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head with that one because it's, it's, you know, I think the, the horror fans and the ones that go to these horror conventions and, and midsummer scream that, that, you know, they enjoy Halloween. They enjoy the, 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 the happy faces. We, we enjoy laughing at a horror movie and being scared at the same time and just knowing you had a good experience. Whereas I think, like you said, it's like these Navy SEAL type people and like, you know, all the girlfriends and, and, and guys that get together and see how strong and awesome they are to go, I can, I can do this waiver and sign it off and, you know, have people spit in my face and push me. And it's like, that's not what Halloween's about for us. You know? No, it's you know it's a it's it, it's a supervised torture experience. It's a supervised terror experience. Is what it is, right. and it's I, I think it's a natural progression of of the haunted attraction. I mean, if you look at you know we were lucky enough to get footage um, from uh, some of the wasn't the jc's uh some of the 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 old haunts that like the church groups were were doing Mm -hmm. i was lucky enough to track down some film footage from the 80s that a bunch of kids shot for their school and they ended up giving us rights to that footage which is what you see in the dock Mm -hmm. uh where where we're talking about you know um not scary farm and much of the other stuff but if you look at that footage it's you know it's it's rooms with cardboard tombstones, maybe a table and somebody fakely like, you know, working on a zombie or, or a Frankenstein monster, but nobody's right. really jumping out. Nobody's, there's no, you know, crash cans. There's no blasting music. There's none of that stuff. There's maybe a strobe light and a, you know, striped room. Right. right? Um, I think the natural progression is as it gets, you know, you go through that and you go, okay, I'm fine with that. Well, what's next? Well, what's next? Well, what's next? It just leads to where we're at. And I, I, I hope we're at a threshold where it's like, okay, we've hit that. We're done now. We're done with that. Now it's just going to get a little bit more interactive. The detail is going to get higher. It's right. going to become more hyper real, you know, like puppets at, at Horror Nights, you know, like uh-huh. every 
got 53 puppets in it. Um, but those puppets are like stupid real. Like, remember we went through the American Werewolf in London maze. Oh, and yes. And they had the wolf puppets. And my wife hated them to the point where she would hold <laughs> back, she'd wait for it to go off, and then she would literally jump through the room yeah. to miss the puppet. Um, while at the time I'm just standing there in the corner watching the puppet going, come on, come out again, come out again. Right. Like, Turn I the light on. I want to see it. experience. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it, I think, you know, Shay says something like it is what it is. Some people like it and, you know, it's not my thing. It's not my experience, but there are people, if people didn't want it and weren't paying for it, they wouldn't exist. Right. But they do. People are paying for it. People want it. And, and, and it is what it is. Um, yeah. I think it's unfortunate that that then becomes, because that is so, um, not graphic, but so sensational, right? That people who don't know any better see that and go, oh, that's what haunting is. Mm-hmm. When that's not what the bulk of haunting is. You know, 99% right. of haunting is not that. And that's one of the things with what we tried to do with our film is to go, look, this is what haunting is. For sure. Yeah, you know, I've I've spoken to, you know, a few people at you know, Universal Creative and, you know, I've talked with them year after year about, you know, them pushing the limits. And, you know, they've always thrown around the idea of having like, you know, an extreme haunt. But it's like, you know, when you get to that theme park level, you know how many waivers that are going to be have to get signed and how much trouble goes into, you know, this is a, now an NBC corporation. Do you really want to have somebody break their leg or their neck, you know, on your property? Like, it's just not worth it. So putting your efforts towards this really good detail and replicating America werewolf in london poltergeist like that's the stuff that people oh, yeah. really want to see you know compared to just how insane this thing can get you know what drive out in the middle of a field in maine and you might find some kind of extreme crazy haunt if that's for you and your thing you know um, yeah or you're gonna have a house is a house of the october built experience where you get you know I, spoiler alert there's some burial stuff that happens <laughs> right yeah which which i you know i love that film because you know those two films because it's cool to see like someone else kind of taking those experiences and like you know, you show us. I don't want to do these things, but you can you can show us. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and speaking of like the detail and stuff, I mean, it's the same experience like we had when we went into AVP years ago at Horror Nights. And you get you got I don't know if uh, did they have AVP at, in Orlando as well? Yes. yes we it, OK, mm-hmm. so at least at least in Hollywood, you know, the last room you walk into and there's like a 25 foot queen alien. Yeah, they built the full and, size. In. Yeah, it's crazy. And you're just like wait a minute what yeah <laughs> i just stand there staring at it for a while while the shrouded cast members are like leave get out get out get out get out and you're like uh, no i will not leave there's an <laughs> alien right there <laughs> yeah like i need to stay on focused on this a little longer you know there's they, you know they've done uh i know there was a a vr one a house the other year where you paid a little bit of money and you got mm-hmm. to like wear like a backpack and you could see the other people wearing the backpacks next to you inside this haunt and it was kind of like a just like a demo trying out thing so they're always trying new and different things yeah. i mean years ago there was a, a house inside one of the old islands of adventure uh, kind of show rides where like they gave you uh, it was going through a mine and you had a helmet with I had like the, the mine light on it and it was kind okay, of like yep, your yep. friend's haunt where it's like you know you go past the sensor and then the light starts blinking and stuff yep. but it became uh, you know when did those RF you know things go off at the right time they were just blinking on and off randomly all the time and then of course you know you had to wear a hairnet because like you said sanitary reasons and you know <laughs> that got so gross because now you have to hire somebody to clean those things every five seconds and 
yeah, I think it, it just comes back to having, like, focus on the experience. Try to build something, a world that you're entering, and focus on the scares, and that's really all you need in yeah. the end. I really, I, the, the best thing I can point it to, to where I really hope the haunted attraction industry goes is, you know, for a while there, at least the way I saw it, from the, good pun for what I'm about to say, the way I saw it, from... <laughs> Um, was when Saw came out, you know, that was sort of the beginning of like the torture. I don't know, like, 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 yeah, like the gore decade, right? Yes. And I'm, I feel like we're, we're leaving that, although Chris Rock is rebooting Saw, so who right, knows what's going to happen. Bowsman, yeah. Um, so, but I, I really hope we go in The Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix show, where I don't know if you've seen it, if you oh, haven't yes. seen it, uh, desperately it. need to watch right it. Um, it's one of, if not, in my opinion, the best horror story of, I mean, maybe the last 20 years. It, it blows every season of American Horror Story away because it's an actual horror story. You know, it, it is, you know, that but it's episode, slow yeah. and it's, and it's, it's, and there's no, I mean, there's little bits of gore, but there isn't. It's just, there's a couple of jump scares, but not really. It's, you're really involved right. in the characters and the story and the experience and i really hope that's where the haunted attraction industry goes definitely like where you're kind of going through this you know uh you know luxurious type haunted looking mansion but it's not that there's a scare every four steps that's that's what gets right. you is that it's the it's the lighting it's the atmosphere it's the unsettlement until when you do get scared then it hits you you know well and that's where you know you look at what sam did sam kittleman from opichi uh the year that we filmed in 2018 we only got a little bit of a little bit of taste of his haunt, but he did a Donnie Darko haunt, which we couldn't a hundred percent show because it's Donnie Darko, right? But right. you go through alone, and it's really slow. Where you're just, you know, there's a couple of like uh, uh, foot sensors and things where like it'll strobe lights will come off, whatever. But it's very, very slow, and 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 you go through it one at a time by yourself, and then you That's turn a terrible. corner, and it's just a completely dark hallway. It's pitch black and you've got to sort of feel your way down the hall and then at one point you hit a sensor and a light slowly turns on and the rabbit just lunges at you. Oh my god. And then you turn into another dark hallway <laughs> and it's but it was like three quarters of it was just this slow burn of looking at all the detail and all the lights and then all of a sudden you were just pitch black by yourself and, it, right. and then the scare was a light bulb and a guy in a rabbit suit. But it was one of the most effective, terrifying scares I've ever yeah. seen in an attraction. And it's from a 16-year-old kid who built it for a weekend at Midsummer Scream. Oh, my God. Right? Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, so, yeah. I've, I've had an experience like that, but it was not on purpose. Uh, the the Shane Morton, the guys that make uh, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell out in Atlanta, uh, they have this giant FX like warehouse, like this entire like uh, motel hotel complex just like went under okay. and like so they were able to acquire all these rooms for his makeup studio. And if you go to my YouTube page, you can see I kinda like went through with the video camera and they let me film in there. But while they let me film in there, uh, it's like a maze and you go through the creature from the Black Lagoon and the mummy and there's like all this is like, you know, old almost like House of a Thousand Corpses, redneck dolls laying in the one area or a doll monster and stuff. So it's all just kind of weird and creepy and black lit uh -huh. and they're trying to like turn it into a museum type thing. Well while I'm going through the power literally shuts off to where there's only like a few <laughs> accent lights. And I'm like, ha funny. 
And then I realize it's like, maybe that wasn't them. And I'm like, who the fuck? Like, I've only been here once type thing. <laughs> and I literally like shit 10 bricks and ran through the rest of that thing so fast to where I showed up. And it was, it was literally just a power sensor thing. They forgot I was back there. So when I showed up and they just like saw me run into the room with light with all them. And I was just white as a ghost because I was so <laughs> terrified. But that's what that's that's real horror that when you go through a hot. And it's just un, like unsettling. And then when those lights go out and you're alone, it, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think I think the film that really encapsulates this, and I know, I know we've been like, we need to stop. And it's like, we're still going. It's um, the film that, you know, I think really hit this on the head was the It remake. Yes. Uh, it hit that like Hollywood blockbuster status film with enough nostalgia with the kids and the bikes in the eighties mm-hmm. with enough of that, like, you know, sort of creepy, weird under your skin, slow burn that I don't know. I saw it and I was like, okay, all right, I'm in, you guys did it. Like you, yeah. you, did it. you did it so well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like I said, I really hope that's where we go. I hope we leave, you know, Annabelle behind. <laughs> Please God, even though there's a third one coming out. Yeah, except 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 the third one's got Patrick Wilson and uh, I can't remember her name. Oh, what is her name? Oh, and yeah. uh, who plays um, uh, the, 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 Elizabeth Warren? Um, oh, Farrah Faminga. Yes, yes. Whose sister is an American Horror Story? It's funny. I didn't know yes. they were related. I know. I, I saw the last daughter, name. Like, no, That's what I thought, like, and I was like, huh? Um, <laughs> anywho, side note. Um, um, you know, they're in it. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's going to be more like the conjuring. Cause I really like the conjuring films. You know, yeah. they're kind of cheesy and they're kind of silly, but they're like popcorn horror, but like good popcorn horror. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. That first know, like, conjuring film really, you know, got a lot of people and it brought back oh, yeah. poltergeist feeling that movies had kind of lost for a while. You know, there's two shots from James Wan movies that have kind of gotten under my skin and it's the opening of the first insidious where it goes through, you know, did you ah, hit my mic? You do the upside down um, reveal in the kid's bedroom, and then you go through the kitchen, and there's just the woman in black looking through the screen, and right. then she just sort of fades out. Just that weird somebody looking in <laughs> for some reason got under my skin. And then the shot in The Conjuring, where just before the witch jumps off the wardrobe onto the girl and it does mm-hmm. this like real quick dolly into her face. I right. don't know why, but just <laughs> that shot just tripped me the hell out. The rest of the film, I was like, Oh, this is, this is totally fine. Right. That one shot. But I, I you know, I, I really he gets think on goes, settlement, you know, he understands does, and I, that. And I think it goes back to the, what we've been talking about where you don't need the extreme, you know, the things hostile anymore in your face. Right. You know, there was a time for that where, you know, heavy metal and a buzzsaw was cool. Um, and, I mean, we're still seeing it, I guess. You've got, what is the the film that came out? I can't remember. Uh, it's got the clown, wears black and white makeup. Oh, uh, Terrifier? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, where, like, you're seeing some of that stuff come back. But I think they're doing it in new ways where yeah. it's slow and unsettling and you yeah, know and i think you know people just miss a, a good slasher so they're like hey you know this is the best way to do it even though it's low budget it's like hey we just made a slasher and we're just gonna make these movies because like, somebody needs them you know <laughs> yeah well is an american horror story this year slasher yes yeah it's gonna be a slasher uh, okay. this year so so yeah well, you know 
but yeah, no, I feel like you're right. Like the James Wan thing, like, you know, when you're looking at a framed scene and you're, you know, you're watching it and you're like, oh, I don't see what's, and then you realize it's in the top right hand corner staring at you the entire time. <laughs> that's, that's truly terrifying. Yeah. And you know, you know, as, as cheesy as our little short films are that we try to make, you know, we did one called, uh, on a Christmas night, like last year, it was like a weekend thing. Like we just got uh-huh. together and we're like, let's make a, let's make a horror film. Um, nice. I don't know if you stumbled upon that one. Uh, oh, no, we actually we actually had honorable mention at some horror festival up here uh, i think it was famous monsters magazine head of horror festival and we oh, we were cool. like we made the film in two days we we're like mm, whatever yeah, so we it. submitted it and they were like honorable <laughs> mention i was like sick um nice. but like we did stuff in there and only one person's caught it where like um you know the little creatures like just in the back in the shadows just there the whole time Right, and the only one person I've seen review it going, "Oh, did you see that thing? It was over there." And the, like, it's been there for like forty seconds, and yeah. you just now caught it. Oh my god! <laughs> like, um, it's actually here. Oh, nobody, it's an audio podcast, but it's actually it's this little guy right here. That thing is truly terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely put a picture of that for the podcast, so people know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just this little guy, and there's the Epic Home Monster. But yeah, like, I mean, these are, it's funny, because these are super simple. Like, that's just a foam head wrapped in canvas. Mm-hmm. And then this guy up here, this little demon guy up here, is another foam, foam head with trash bags that I heat <laughs> shrunk onto his face. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, it's super simple stuff that, you know, I learned this stuff from the Haunters. Right. Yeah, you know, and now once I'm, you learn I'm, that stuff, you're like, well, I gotta do something with this knowledge now. Yeah. And I'm stealing their tricks from my little short films, but yeah. Well, you there know. you go. That's our that's our wraparound back from the beginning. You know, if you learn yeah. it, you, you might as well just do something with this knowledge. You know, I, I agree. Yeah, I guess that does make me a haunter at that point, right? Because I mean, we say like if you enjoy Halloween, so I, I have Halloween directions, Halloween directions, Halloween decorations <laughs> up, up in the in the other room in the living room out there. So very nice. Yeah. Well, Josh Quillen, thank you so much for doing this episode of the Everyday is Halloween podcast. I feel like you are. Every day is Halloween. You're part of that community over on the West Coast. Well, thank you. That, yeah. that means a lot. For sure. Uh, the Epic Home Haunts documentary is out right now. You can get it on Amazon and iTunes. Uh, and hopefully a hard copy soon, question mark? That requires a distributor. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't got the money to make that many copies of a film. Um, so, yeah, if there's any distributors listening, we uh, are totally into discussing potential. <laughs> there you go. Well, Josh, I don't think this is the last I'll hear of you on the show. We would love to have you back later on for whatever you're doing in the future. That would be awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm Horror Guy Keenan. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you. Strange noises coming from a house on the hill So I crept up to the window and looked over the sill My heart almost stopped, I nearly died of fright By the dim candlelight I saw the strangest sight There was Frankenstein and Dracula and Wolfman too Dancing with some zombies, what a ghastly crew Viola the vampire was doing the box And everything was rocking at the monster's pop The bats were flying and the moon was full The crazy witch doctor was dancing with a ghoul The organ was playing 
but no one was there And the headless horseman was combing his hair There was Frankenstein and Dracula and Wolfman too Dancing with some zombies, what a ghastly crew The old the vampire was doing the pop And everything was rocking at the monster's hop Upon the hill The night I saw the monsters dancing Ooh, what a thrill The wind did howl The night was black I nearly lost my mind I'm never ever going back There was Frankenstein and Dracula And Wolfman too Dancing with some zombies What a ghastly crew Viola the vampire was doing the mob And everything was rocking At the monster's hop <laughs> 